Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. And right now, I was just saying this on Instagram Live. We are right now on Instagram Live. I thought that I was going to do it on TikTok Live, and there were some last-minute changes. And uh, apparently, I didn't realize that you have to have a 1,000 followers in order for you to go on TikTok Live. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) My mistake. My mistake. But... You know, right now we are on Instagram Live and we are recording the podcast here. And for those of you that obviously will be checking it out later on, because you're if you're listening to this, it's on the audio recording. And if you're watching this right now, it is on Instagram Live. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, go to Mike Garcia VO. Or if you want to follow me on TikTok to see if I can bring up those thousand followers so that way I can go Instagram live, go to Voice of Garcia, TikTok slash Voice of Garcia. You get to see my beautiful, ugly mug, and that is the case may be. Now, what's very interesting about today, and I did say that I want to try to do shorter episodes to see if I could get to the point, but because there's been a little bit of a few news that's been going on behind the scenes, I wanted to take it upon myself to actually talk about what it is that I'm anticipating for the year of 2024. What is it that I am looking forward to? What is it that I am really excited for? And aside from the usual Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse, the third tri- the third movie of the trilogy with the Spider-Verse, you know, trilogy, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, now that the strikes are over, and we're getting back to how we're supposed to be and how we are doing, it kind of makes me realize, you know what? I cannot be much more excited than what it is because I know they have to go through the voice acting and the production and the coloration and the amount of editing. Oh my goodness. I, I can imagine that we probably will not get the movie till either late 2024 or beginning of 2025. That's what I believe. I think that we're going to get more people to tune in and have the chance for the movie to finally be released at the end of 2024 or beginning 2025. That's my prediction. But aside from that, I know that there's been a few other movies that has been coming across. And there's a few other movies that really has, in a way, wet my beak a little bit, if that makes any sense. You know, you got to wet the beak. Venom 3, Venom Cubed is in, in in my mind and in my eyes that's how it's written venom cubed is going to be also being released i'd say around october time and uh i'm wondering if they're finally going to bring spider-man into face off against venom we we kind of know what the villain is going to be do i know who the villain is, I have a strong idea. I don't want to spoil it until we see the trailer. So if you have a strong indication, if you guys have a strong indication of, in terms of who it is, let me know in the comments below. You know, 
So there's that. That's what I believe is going to happen. Which Spider-Man? I really want Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man to face off against Tom Hardy's Venom. Uh, I I know most likely it's going to be Tom Holland, but I don't know. There's something about Andrew Garfield. First of all, he's my favorite Spider-Man out of all three. I'm just being completely honest. And this is probably a biased perspective, but I really want Andrew Garfield to face off against him. I think it'd be perfect. I think it'd be fantastic. And apparently there was a rumor that Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was going to be a part of Madam Web. Madam Web that's going to be released on February 14th on a Wednesday, mind you, for Valentine's Day. So there's that. And it, it through a story mode perspective, it would mostly make sense if it would be in a ending cut like a post credit scene as opposed to him just being random in the middle of the movie, if that makes any sense. By the way, are you excited for Madam Web? I get it. I get it. With a lot that's been going on, especially with the Marvels, and especially with what's been going on with a lot of the previous movies, that it's been very, very lackluster, and now we're just hoping for it to be decent or good or whatever the case may be. I understand the frustration, and I understand that maybe you're just done with Marvel. Maybe you're just, you've just had it, where you're at the point where you're like, nope, that's it, I'm done, I'm out, gonzo, whatever. I get it. I get it. I I think I saw this message the other day. Not a message, but it was more of a post. Someone said, and I think I agree with this person so much, I don't, you know, want to say any names, to blast them or anything. They said, being a fan of Marvel right now is most likely being in a toxic relationship where at first it was good. The first few years, it was really, really good. And then you just got to see their toxic nature. And then you're just hoping that they don't burn you again, but yet you're still with them because you're just hoping for it to be good. (laughs) A very harsh comparison, but I kind of agree. I I kind of I, I I agree. I kind of agree. Craven, I think, is supposed to come out in twenty twenty four as well. Let's be honest here. Let's be honest. This year is the year of Sony. When you had so many years being the years of the MCU and the grand spectacle and the cinematic history of the MCU, this year is most likely going to be the year of Sony because chances are we're going to see a post-credit scene, like I said, like I said, it's going to be a post-credit scene that has something to do with Spider-Man and in turn go to or leads into Craven, then Venom, and then most likely get the Sinister Six. Because let's face it, that's what Sony has been alluding to for quite, or building up to for quite some time. Now, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad at it. Let's just hope the execution is pretty good. I know the next movie that we're looking forward to see is going to be Deadpool 3. And I remember I said this on a message. I forgot what it was. I believe it was on my Twitter slash X, if whatever you want to pronounce it. Ever since Echo, I've been very, very concerned about Deadpool 3. I've been very concerned about the... I don't know with... I'm just speculating here. I don't know about the lack of control that Ryan Reynolds have 
when it comes to doing this movie. I'm pretty sure if Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman had a meeting with Kevin Feige and they said along the lines of, listen, we will come under your umbrella to do Deadpool 3, but we need to have full control. We need to have full control of creative. We need to have full control of writing or at least direct them in some way of how writing is supposed to be. And if you give us that, we can do the movie and let us do our thing. It'll be under the umbrella of the MCU. And I promise you, we promise you that we would knock it out of the park. Because I'm pretty sure Ryan Reynolds and both you, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman are two smart guys where they realize that they cannot have creative go away from them. And I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure there was some back and forth between those guys. Of course there is. Especially when it comes to directing and screenwriting and creating or whatever the case may be. Especially when it comes to a big budget film like that. But I can speculate that there was a lot of pushback. And hopefully they're able to make the movie that they can make. But I've been concerned. Because last a few days ago, I did say, and even reminded to a couple of months ago... I did say the Marvels was going to be the turning point of the MCU. And ever since Echo, I can honestly admit that I was mistaken. I was mistaken. So, to each their own, it is what it is. Aside from that, what other things are we looking forward to? I'm not really looking forward to Agatha, The Coven of Chaos, or Darkhold Diaries, whatever the hell the name is right now. I... She was an interesting character. She is. But uh, to her, for her having her own show, being a prequel, I guess, I'm... Yeah, it is what it is. It is It is what it is at this point. But aside from that, um... Oh, I'm getting a message right now. <laughs> I'm getting a message. And aside from that, hold on one second. Oh my god, it is, this is a recording of the podcast. Uh, 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 how, how is everything else? You know, I, eh, it is what it is. <laughs> Aside from that, though, what other news has been going on? I know we are very close in terms of who we're getting as our Supergirl for, you know, James Gunn's Supergirl coming out, I think, in either in 2025, sometime after Superman's Legacy, and uh, in terms of what we're going to have, what we're going to bring. I know they got it down to three specific actors and actresses. I forgot who they were. Hold on. Let's see if I could find this. L let's see if I can find the uh, the names of the actors. The, the three actors for Supergirl. Because I do not want to butcher anyone's names. And I don't want to... Let's see. Hold on. James Gunn's Supergirl. <laughs> you know, who is it going to be? Who is it going to be? This animal is wide and sea. Can he help me guess this mystery? <laughs> come on, come on. If you love nostalgia, tell me you love the Zabuma food. You remember that? Oh my god, Zabuma food. What the Crank Brothers? Craft? Crank? I don't freaking remember. I really, I, I honestly, I, this is her. Okay, so here we have, uh, House of the Dragon star Millie Alcock. 
Alkick, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that name, among top picks for James Gunn's Supergirl. And uh, I can see that. I, I can see that very well. She does have the tenacity and... Because the other thing about Supergirl, not downplaying CW Supergirl, and I didn't really finish the entire show, but Supergirl... In my opinion, and I've said this before, Supergirl in that show was a female Superman. And what I mean by that is she was pretty much a female version of Superman. She wasn't really her own character in that entire show. Supergirl is far different from Superman because Supergirl has her own personality. She has a lot more rage. She doesn't really follow the same thinking patterns as Clark Kent. And by thinking patterns, I mean she doesn't really care much about people in general at first. At first. Sooner or later, she came across. And the Supergirl movie, I know, has to be someone that basically has her own thinking, has her own mindset in terms of how things should be done. That's going to challenge against Clark Kent in a way. And I think that Millie Alcock, or Alcock is going to be the one to do it. The next two are either Amelia Jones or Meg Donnelly. I don't really know. I'm so bad with names. I really don't know who, who they are specifically because I'm sure... Oh uh, my god, I'm, I'm trying to find uh, what the hell they've been. Um, let's see. do 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 Reyna Targaryen, if she is going to be Supergirl, then I highly, you know, I'm rooting for her. I really am. I really thought Sasha Kage, who was Supergirl in uh, the Flash movie from last year, I thought they were going to continue with her storyline, but I'm guessing that was a one-off thing that they did, and it wouldn't really make any sense for her to continue on the mantle for being Supergirl. But at the same time, I could be mistaken. This is the multiverse right now that we're in right now, so it is what it is. But aside from that, if Millie is going to be the one that is the top running for being Supergirl, I'm all for it. I think they're going to knock it out of the park. And James Gunn, we trust in terms of people or everybody else and what I say. Uh, I'm going to the live. What do you guys think? Like, who should be... Who would you guys see as the mantle for Supergirl? I'm very, very curious to see who would you guys pick. So, there's that. Let's see. Who else? Who else? What's what's going on in the news right now? You know, we're just talking. We're just, you know... We're just bullshitting. We're just doing our thing. I know that they're bringing back the stunt coordinator for Daredevil. And I know I said about this earlier, and I was lit. Uh, I was alluding to it. Alluding. I keep on saying that word. I was actually talking about it. I know for Daredevil: Born Again, the expectations are now higher than ever before. And even though there are few people that enjoyed Echo, I didn't. So to each their own. The expectations are, the the bar has been raised so high, it really has been. The bar has been raised dramatically. And now we're at the point where they now have to have a fraction of what the Marvel Netflix shows is going to be. But let's be honest here, there's no way to recapture that magic. You can try to as much as we can, but as long as the execution is good, 
And so far, we got the stunt coordinator, we got the showrunner that did the Punisher for Marvel Netflix, and we have the actors who played not only Matt Murdock, but we have Kingpin, obviously. We have Foggy, we have Karen. Hopefully, we get the other characters like Frank and Jessica and Luke. Hopefully, we get, um, what's his name? Oh my goodness, my name is drawing a blank here. Uh, uh, I was about to say Kingpin again, Jesus. <laughs> we're doing it live! And even though I'm getting nervous, we're doing it live. Um, Bullseye. I would love to have him again. You know, Dexter, Dex, I would love to have him back because he played a very, very compelling character. And it's so sad that they ended on a high, but... They didn't realize where Marvel Netflix was going to go. They, I'm sure they didn't even realize that it was going to be canceled. They didn't say their goodbyes. They didn't say, you know, they, they didn't. They ended on a high note, but it was never supposed to end. So, if Daredevil: Born Again can even be a fraction of what Marvel Netflix gave us, I'll be happy. I'll be content. I I really would be, you know. So there's always that. But aside from that, I know that we were supposed to talk the top 10 of, or in this case, top 12, because let's be honest here, and you know, it's in my notes, I'm going to my live, my live session. I know we were supposed to talk about the top 12, and I guess I've been alluding it for, and that's the word to use, I know I've been alluding it for quite some time, and at this point, I think I just wanted to name it off from numbers 1 to 12. I'm not going to spend too much time in terms of what was number 1, what was number 2, why I picked number 1, why I picked number 2, but this is pretty much from best to worst. If you agree with me, awesome. If you don't agree with me, by all means, uh, Instagram livers, livers, (laughs) you can let me know who is your top 12 from best to worst, and maybe you can agree with me, maybe you don't, thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever the case may be. So, aside from that, I would have to say, number one, obviously, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Best movie of the year, best, best not best movie, but best superhero movie of the year, best comic movie of the year. I can't wait for Beyond the Spider-Verse, as I said earlier. I, it's highly anticipated at this point, and... You know, it's actually out on IMAX. It's back out on IMAX right now. So if you haven't, if you're not busy and you don't really want to see UFC or NFL, go to the movies, enjoy Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse again on IMAX, and you'll love it. I love it. It is what it is. Number two, like I said, this is from best to worst. Number two, I'll go with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I love that the focus was on Rocket. I love the emotional impact that Rocket had. I know PETA and there were a lot of people that were animal enthusiasts were really, really heartbroken by what happened or what's been going on. But nevertheless, it was a it, it was a gut wrench. It really was. I didn't like what they did with the ending. To me, the ending felt rushed. Like we were just like we knew we didn't know that they were going to end. Well, we kind of did. We knew that they would split up, but I guess it was the execution that was just rapid in terms of what they did. But full of laughs, full of heart. Once again, James Gunn is 
excellent, especially when it comes to team superheroes. So there is that. Coming at number three, I'm giving it to Gen V, the spinoff for The Boys on Amazon Prime and the prequel to The Boys Season f- Are we on Season 4? Yes, we're about to be on Season 4. I'm not a huge fan of young characters, but considering the fact that the boy the, the world of the boys and the world of Gen V really expresses the social issues and the realistic issues of what the world has has uh, been giving us for quite some time it actually depicted that beautifully and there were a lot of decisions that a lot of these characters didn't make very very well but nevertheless I did enjoy it like I said biased perspective coming from a fan of the boys I can't wait to see what they do next, especially with season four. I want to see Anthony Starr back as Homelander. I want to see the uh, the butcher, Billy Butcher again. I want to see everybody coming together. And it's going to be, and excuse my language for the live people, fucking diabolical. That's all we got to say about that. Coming at number four, I'm going to give it to Loki season two. Started off slow. It did start off slow, but it... The ending packed with a punch with Loki being the god of mischief and now the god of stories and how his arc has came back full circle with him being someone of great importance and now having his own throne and now watching over everything. Which makes me wonder if he's going to come back in the multiverse or in a future movie in any single way. I think Tom Hiddleston did say that this would be the end of his character. I kind of disagree. I feel like this is going to be, at least it would be the end of his personal chapter, but come on, we got to see him in Thor again, or at least in some capacity, you know, so so there is that. I, I want to see him coming back, but then again, there has to be a reason for him to come back. Yeah, because you can't just bring back characters just for willy-nilly. You have to bring You have to bring him back for a specific reason. But nevertheless, and oh, <laughs> the AC is on. But nevertheless, I feel like number three, I'm sorry, number four, I'll give it to Loki season two. Coming at number five, I'm going to give it to Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I get it. I get it. The DCEU is dead. And a lot of you guys and for you hate Amber Heard. I get it. She ruined the movie for a lot of people. But I enjoyed it because I love Jason Momoa, he was having, to some, he wasn't having fun, he was phoning it in, to me, he was having fun, the chemistry between him and Patrick Wilson is awesome, I liked the fact that it became a sort of a, a of an adventure type of quest, and, uh, you know, I like Jason Momoa, like, he's the thing that kind of made the movie for me, so, it is what it is, and, yeah, that's pretty much it, really. Coming at number six. Yes, we are pretty much halfway there. Coming at number six from best to worst. Right after Aquaman 2, I'm going to give it to Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle was supposed to be the Black Panther movie for Hispanics. But because I don't think it was marketed... Not, not that it wasn't marketed very well. I'm not going to say that. You know, uh, I think it was during a time that people were just tired of superhero movies. And I get it. People were tired of superhero movies. And people were like, you know what? 
I don't really care as much. Not to mention Blue Beetle just came out of nowhere. It was pretty much a random superhero, more of a C-list hero if you truly think about it. But the reason why I enjoyed it was because, again, my biased perspective, it kind of hit home for me, you know, even though I'm not the type of guy to talk about diversity and representation, even though they're important, I don't like it when it's so enforced that it's shoved down people's throats, but when it's on and it comes on the big screen, I like it when it's due diligence, if that makes any sense. I like it when it's done decently. And, you know, I like Jaime Reyes. I do. You know, if, if you truly... To me, the suit looked spectacular. It was kind of a cross between... If there was a love child between Spider-Man, Iron Man, and the Giver. Remember the Giver from back in the 90s or 80s? Like, uh, like late 80s, early 90s? Oh, my God. The, the, the Giver, aside from Dragon Ball Z, was one of the first anime that I've ever watched. And that's why it really hits me. So, if you remember the Giver live-action movies, the first one and the one called Dark Hero from, like, 1992 and 1990... God damn, I'm old. <laughs> Fucking hell, I'm old. <laughs> that's a, that's kind of what it reminded uh, to me it was. That's, that's kind of what it reminded. But, number six, I'm giving it to Blue Beetle. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a nostalgia thing for me. It kind of, it, it really was. Now we're going to get into the bottom six. This, this is the worst of the worst, the bottom of the barrel, but it's still keeping in line from best to worst. So we're going to head to the bottom six of the movie slash content slash whatever you want to call them. Number seven, I'm giving it to The Flash. I hate Ezra Miller. I think with all the controversy that he's been having with his life and the fact that he was annoying as, you know, Barry Allen in the movie, I didn't like him in the Justice League, the, the Snyderverse. I didn't like him then. I still don't like him now. I would give the mantle 100%, 100% to Grant Gustin. Sorry if I'm, I'm sure that's the last name, right? Grant Gustin? Yeah, Grant Gustin, I think. Yeah, I think. Anyway, uh, I'd give it to the CW's Flash any day. He's the true Flash, in my opinion. And uh, I don't like Barry Allen. But the reason why this is in the middle for me in my list is because I enjoyed Michael Keaton coming back as Batman, even though I'm pretty sure he's phoning it in for a paycheck. And I enjoyed Sasha Kaye as Supergirl. And I didn't just enjoy it. My girlfriend did it. And let's be honest. Those were the two characters that kind of made people interested in watching the movie. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it here. It is what it is. So there's that. But is it the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst? No. But does it fall in the middle for me? Absolutely. And I'm really hoping we do not get Ezra Miller back to Flash ever again. Give me Grant Gustin. And that's all there is to it. I'm sure that's his last name. If I if that's not his last name, I do apologize. I again, I'm so bad when it comes to names. Right after the Flash, coming at number eight, another worst of the worst. I'm gonna give it to Marvel's What If season two. This was the Marvel show that was towards the ending of the year, right before the new year, and I talked about this briefly last week or a few days ago, and uh, like it was not as impactful as season one was. If you ask me what was my favorite episode from season one, 100% I give you Doctor Strange 
and of course the last two episodes where they're all facing off against Ultron. Those are the only episodes that I enjoy. Now come to season two, even though I still love Doctor Strange, I don't like how they killed him off. I hope he comes back for Marvel's What If Season 3. And the fact that they made Captain Carter the protagonist throughout the whole thing, it, it didn't work for me. It really didn't. And there's barely an episode that I remember where I actually enjoyed. I guess if you have to give me one episode that stands out from all of them, maybe Captain Carter in the Winter Soldier episode where Steve Rogers becomes the Winter Soldier. Or not Winter Soldier, but the Hydra machine thing. So there is that. And uh, yeah, there's really no other episode that stands out to me. I guess Hela joining forces with the the Mandarin. But uh, I, I don't know. And, and that's what I mean. I There's really not an episode that really stood out to me the most like it was in season one. An anthology series and you're doing another crossover series. It's just another multiverse series, I mean. It's just, I don't know. But anyway, that's that's pretty much my number eight. Coming at number nine, I'm going to give it to Shazam! Fury of the Gods. This was a nothing burger for me. I barely reviewed it last year. I barely talked about it because I felt nothing with this cat. I don't feel anything with this character anymore. It's not how it used to be when the first time he came out, when the 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 stakes of superheroes was like really awesome and really grand and you could look forward to watching any superhero that comes in, whether it's DC or Marvel. Shazam! Fury of the Gods did nothing for me. With the other characters, with the exception of maybe him and Mary Marvel, I don't care about anybody else. And what's so inconsistent about that movie is the fact that younger Billy, to me, I don't know if it has happened to you, younger Billy felt like felt like he was a little bit more mature than older Billy Batson. And that's interesting to me. So, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it falls into the nothing, but it's a nothing burger for me. And uh, it is what it is. We are now at the bottom three. And trust me, I kept on literally reshuffling the order back and forth. Every time when I thought about this, I thought about that. Every time when I thought about this, I thought about that. But after weeks, months even, of not even months, like two months, after weeks and a couple of months of shuffling this back and forth, I have to say these are my bottom three. And... Uh, you know, this is still from best to worst. And if you don't agree with this list, that's completely fine. This is my list. Tell me the F off later on. It is what it is. The worst of the worst. Number 10, Ant-Man 3 Quantumania. This was bad. It, it was bad from the get-go. When I realized that the creators, the writers or the directors, or whoever it was, was the, who had made a decision of pretty much coming along and writing the story as it was going, immediately, like, I was turned off from the very get-go. I, I was. I, I was. I think it was Bill Murray that pretty much addressed that when, I think it was Little Platoon or Mauler that was doing their 
gigantic four, five hour movies. How they keep up with that is beyond me. The amount of editing that it takes to do that. They have to have a production team. You know, kudos to them. You know, shout out to Little Platoon and Mauler. They're fucking awesome. Critical Drinker as well. They're awesome. Huge fans of them. I really, I really am. But Ant-Man 3 was just no. It, it was no. It introduced a supposedly the next big bad that was worse than Thanos. You bring in Kang the Conqueror and he gets defeated by ants. He gets beaten by ants. And he gets defeated by Scott Lang. Not that I have a problem with Paul Rudd as Scott Lang. But I said this before. That's very equivalent to me fighting someone and beating Brock Lesnar. Or if you watched Game of Thrones. How awkward would it have been if you had Tyrion Lang. Tyrion Lang. Tyrion Lang. Tyrion Lang, Jesus Christ. Tyrion Lannister. <laughs> I'm going to keep that in. I'm not going to edit that out. I'm going to keep that in. Tyrion Lang. Oh my God. Tyrion Lannister, the imp. If you had Tyrion Lannister beat the Night King. Sure, you could write it. Someone can direct it. But is it believable? Hell to the no. And it's not believable that Scott Lang, the Ant-Man, and... The Wasp beat Kang the Conqueror. I, I'm sorry. No. And if it was in the comics, it, did, it doesn't translate very well on the big screen. Um, no. No. Ant-Man 3 was bad. And Cassie, I hate this character with a passion. Oh my god, I hate Cassie Lang with a passion. Throughout the entire time, up until the ending, she basically shits on her father for helping to save the world. And what is she? An activist. Because of course she is. Of course she is. She's an activist. Oh my god. I And the fact that she's going to be a member of the Young Avengers... Mm, I hate this character. I, I do. Ant-Man 3. The reason why it's not the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst. Yes, try saying that three times. Is because of Kang's performance. Even though Jonathan Majors has been fired by Marvel. I still enjoyed his performance as Kang. Even though he... he I have lost everything. He has that kind of performance. I did enjoy it. So that's the one redeeming quality of that movie. The only redeeming quality. But there is that. Coming at number 11. Second to last. Worst of the worst of the worst of the worst. And to the people live. I'm sorry. Sorry not sorry. I'm giving it to the Marvels. I'm giving it to the Marvels. Hey. Hey. Look. Listen. This was bad from the very get go. It was terrible from the very get go. From production to writing and everything, and it it was a it was a movie written by women, starring women, pandered to women, and no, well, not no women, no woman saw it, but the majority of women did not see it. And whether you blame the strike or you blame the pandemic, like Bob Iger did, you want to blame the men, and you want to blame all these other people, take responsibility. The movie failed. It failed because it failed. It was not good. And it shows in the numbers. You can come up with any excuse that you want. It was not 
good. The only thing that I actually liked to an extent was Miss Marvel's performance as Kamala Khan, played my played by Iman Vellani, and the cat scene. Even though cat, the cat scene was stupid, I love cats. I enjoy cats, but from top to bottom, it was bad. It was bad. It it was bad. So. I'm not going to beat up a bloody horse to a bloody pulp on this. As aside from that, finally, the worst of the worst, the 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 bottom of the barrel, the scraping underneath the shoe, under <laughs> whatever that saying means, the worst piece of shit comic content of 2023. I'm giving it to Secret Invasion. This is the second or third time that Amelia Clark's talent was wasted in this in the show. It was bad. It was terrible. It was horrible. It was supposed to be a spy thriller like Winter Soldier. It was not a spy thriller like Winter Soldier. You know, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, a shell of his former self. The whole secret invasion thing. It was a monumental thing in the comics. And, and it was supposed to be a show where you didn't know which character was a scroll. You didn't know who was who. You didn't know who to trust. You didn't know which is which. And they just butchered it completely. I hate this show. Now. Is She-Hulk still bad? Absolutely. She-Hulk is worse than this. But in terms of. In terms of Marvel shows, the MCU shows, Secret Invasion is literally, if if the, for the life, if the top worst of the worst is She-Hulk, right underneath it is Secret Invasion. That's how much I hate this show. It was terrible. It was bad. And the fact that you ended it that way, where now people and scrolls are being hunted, and then Nick Fury just leaves right after it was just mm-mm. Mm-mm. And then of course you had Amelia Clark as the super scroll. Uh what uh, what's her name? Gaia. <laughs> I actually said this a few months ago, you know, <laughs> and I really, really want to make a shirt. And I'm saying this on live. If whoever make the shirt before me, you give me 10% because I'm trademarking this show. If there's something strange in the MCU <sighs> Who are you going to call the Gaia? <laughs> it's still funny to me. Because she's essentially God at this point. Like, she has the powers of every single other Marvel character into her DNA. Like... That means there's no need to continue with the Young Avengers. There's no need to continue with the other characters. If there's a problem that goes on, let's call Gaia. Oh, there's a threat that's coming up from uh, from outer space, from other worlds. That's all good. Gaia's on Earth. Let's call her. She's the Super Scroll. She has the powers of Drax with that freaking CGI Drax arm. She has Captain Marvel's abilities. She has every other ability that she has. So, why not? And what is the writer and director going to do with this character moving forward? Nothing. Nothing. So why even do it in the first place? Why introduce a character that you know that you're going to have to do it in this collective universe if you're not going to introduce them again to begin with or later on during your uh, your storylines? So, I hate it. 
<laughs> dumb decision. D dumb decision. Really, really dumb. Really dumb. But yes, that's pretty much my top 12 from best to worst. Like I said, I'm going to read them off once again. Number 1 to 12, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Gen V, Loki Season 2, Aquaman 2, Blue Beetle, The Flash, Marvel's What If Season 2, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, Ant-Man 3, The Marvels, and finally, Secret Invasion. Those are my bottom, that from best to worst, my 12 of 2023. We have reached the 40-minute mark. I know I said that I was supposed to have this episode a lot shorter than before, but doing it for the live and doing it on this, it was fun. It was interesting. And now next time I'll be better prepared in terms of what I want to do and do shorter episodes. So that's all I got to say about that. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And for the people at live, thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you hear, hit me up on my Twitter, Mike Garcia VO, Instagram, you know, freaking everywhere. TikTok, YouTube, whatever the case may be. Go to my website, voiceofgarcia.com. And let me know what your questions are. Let me know what you think. And... Uh, I'll be better prepared, and hopefully I can do better, and the next time we'll do a TikTok Live, hopefully next time. So we're going to test to see what happens with that. Aside from that, I will be back maybe on Monday or Tuesday. Most likely it's going to be on Tuesday, and whatever news that comes our way, whether it's games, comics, news, whatever the case may be, always remember, if you hear about it, and you read about it, uh, talk about it controversial or otherwise, stay safe. Till next time, have fun today with the NFL and the UFC. Please be safe. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out. Oh, and for the people at live, thank you so much, and I'll see you next time.